and welcome to the YourGamesource.com podcast. It's Gerald, better known as Yes of Us Lives, and due to the untimely misrecording and losing of files by our own angry Nick, our Xbox One podcast is going to have to be delayed a little bit. So our thoughts on the Xbox One will be coming very soon, but in the meantime, we thought we'd share with you the best of reviews for this year so far to date, so enjoy our thoughts and our reviews of some of the hottest games to come out this year. Thank you for listening. Our final review of the evening is going to be a little bit different. Uh, it's actually a DLC, standalone DLC, um, for the game Far Cry 3. Uh, it's called Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. And uh, as the theme music will be uh, coming along in the background, um, <laughs> as this is being taped, um, it takes you back to the wonderful times of the 80s when VHS was king and, um, well, uh, a lot of, uh, let's just say, things that you don't normally do in movies these days were prevalent. Uh, you know, um, massive cheesy one-liners, um, Cursing nonstop, uh, also as well, uh, violence galore. You know, now they sort of like put it in its proper place in the movies these days, uh, and it's you know in in lieu of a story, quote unquote storyline. Here they didn't care. You know, in those days they didn't care about storylines or anything of that nature. They just wanted to go ahead and and uh, blow away people and have a great time. So. Uh, that being the case, um, Ubisoft, makers of Far Cry 3, took uh, the best parts, uh, in my opinion anyways, um, about from, uh, from that to create uh, the saga called Blood Dragon. The, if you want to check it out, the review in its entirety is going to be on our reviews page at yourgamesource.com. It was reviewed by our good friend Joel, a.k.a. The Nesta, and I just wanted to actually get a little bit of insight for you on it. Uh, he thoroughly enjoyed it. It's a adventure uh, possibly bordering about five to six hours for the main quest, up to ten hours for as far as if you want to explore the full island uh, that's, that has to offer. Um, as he put it, actually, you're getting a bite-sized eight-hour slice of what Far Cry 3 had to offer. And if you want to explore a little bit more, add a couple hours onto that. So, basically, uh, it gives you some of the elements, but not all as far as what you can do, what you can build, and what you can actually kill with in Far Cry 3. Um, also, as well, um, it has a lot to go for as far as the nostalgia from your, your favorite 80 movies of the past. Um, and it, it actually, uh, Michael Bean, uh, who's pl- been in famous in The Terminator and other movies, actually voices the main character, a cyborg, no less, um, for the actual uh, game that's going on here. And as uh, Rex, you can go out and pretty much go and slaughter and mayhem the the evil robots that are that are your opponents in the game and and go off like uh well like robocop or the terminator while you're trying to go on one of the seven story missions that are available uh tell you what uh with all the nostalgia that's in place with all the special moves that that you can do and just all the quirky things that that are nods to those 80 movies like for instance uh dragons that that shoot lasers out of its eyes or 
or the the score that was created specifically uh, with the 80s in mind. It just to me was a trip back in nostalgia for me, and I, I know the Nesta really played it extensively and enjoyed his time there. It may have been in his terms, quote unquote, too much of a good thing at times, uh, but for the most part, he had a great time and uh, gave it a score for 8 out of 10. It's $15 on PSN, XBLA, and Steam, but if you really want to have a good time for $15, it is actually a, a pretty good deal. I think you should go out of way or get it, especially if you're a fan of the 80s nostalgia. I love it! I just want to touch on quickly a review of uh, the wonderful game that came out this week called Aliens Colonial Marines. Did you guys get a chance to uh, give that a try, or was it just me on this one? Looks like just you, Gerald. Uh, yes, because I did review it on YourGameSource.com. Your uh, review has made me made me not want to buy it. Uh, and I apologize for that, and I was so looking forward to this game, even though it was a space shooter, you know, releasing a week after a space shooter, both with a horror theme. Um, be that as it may, uh, you know, the pedigree from where it was coming from, Gearbox Software, you know, makers of the Borderlands 2 and Borderlands series, you know, I really was still psyched for it, and this game has been off and on in development since 2006, so I was really... Uh, Really looking forward to this game um, in in great detail, but once I popped it in, the only real game parts of the game that I really and truly liked were actually the the small nods to the actual previous uh, Alien series of movies. Um, the game itself is set um, after the second. Uh, Aliens movies, uh, the one with Bill Paxton going, um, "It's over, man. Game over." Um, <laughs> Uh, it's just basically uh, they're returning to Hadley's Hope to try and, and, and see if there's anyone they can rescue. Um, another set of Colonial Marines, which basically, you know, are sent to slaughter for the, for the aliens that are there. Um, but pretty much when it comes down to it, when you look at the game, um, everything from the graphics to, to the voice acting and to the game, overall gameplay itself, uh, pretty much came down to once you uh, lifted the skin off of it from the from the surface, you basically get a, a straight, cut, dry, uh, basic, run-of-the-mill first-person shooter um, with pretty much no, very little in the way of frills, uh, very little way of nuance, um, very little way of interest uh, outside of just uh, rinse, shoot, repeat, rinse, shoot, repeat, you know, the same alien and the same alien types. There's very little variation outside of a nice stealth sequence, but even that is short-lived. Um, it really was, was kind of a disappointment for a game. You know, that, that was pretty much, and I, I can see one of the reasons why the game, um, uh, the finished product was not quite what uh, it was intended because it, it was turned over to to many different developing houses under Gearbox Software. Um, so I, I guess they paid more attention to Borderlands 2 than they did this game because it really showed. Um, it was quite a disappointed, uh, disappointment. There is a co-op, uh, certain segments of the game you can go and co-op, uh, but certainly after playing Dead Space 3, uh, it, it doesn't even come light a candle next to that game as far as the co-op features on that game. And then the multiplayer itself, the only variation outside of a standard deathmatch, aliens versus 
soldiers that, that, that was really remotely interesting, uh, was the escape, um, mode, which you play a segment, uh, with up to three individuals, uh, beside you while you, uh, try to escape the aliens and something that, uh, lends itself very, very closely to a, uh, shorter version of Left 4 Dead. Um, and I think it's pretty much a nod to that game as well. So overall, I gave the game a 5 out of 10. Uh, truly quite a disappointment. And if you are interested in, in playing it, two uh, options, either rent it or wait till it hits the bargain bin because it will be there very shortly. Um, unfortunately for Sega, it's another another black mark um, and what seemingly, seemingly is a, a never-ending line of, of disappointing games for them. And uh, I just feel bad for them because this game should have been something oh so much more uh, because it seemed like it had all the earmarkings of, of being somewhat, you know, of a success, but unfortunately uh, fell through the cracks. And uh, that's my review of Aliens Colonial Marines. Um, if you'd like more on this uh, in great detail, I elaborate on my Yes, Elvis Lives, Your Game Source blog on yourgamesource.com slash yeselvislives. Alrighty, I know you had other games that you wanted to take care of, including Dead Island Riptide. See how he is? He gives me the crap ones instead of giving me the one that Chris could help me with. But that's <laughs> fine. We'll go with the Dead Island, Dead in the Water. That's coming up next. That's coming up next. You said two. I can't do three. Why can't you do three? Because I would have picked a different one for my second one. But we'll go with your dead in the water if you really want to stink fest on us. Because you know how I felt about that game. That game was probably worse than the last two we were talking about. Definitely worse than um, Star Trek. See, I couldn't even remember the name. That's how bad that game was. But, Dead Honestly, Dead Island Riptide, in my opinion, I don't know, tell me I'm wrong, but it was better suited as DLC than as an actual full-on game. Harsh. There was tons of things to do. I mean, you could craft weapons, stuff like that, the leveling system, obviously, I mean, it kept you intrigued to where you just wanted to keep hearing yourself ding up to the next level. And I love the unique weapons you could make. Some of them were crazy, like an electrified bat, things like that. Craziness, just absolute craziness. But there was no substance to it. The story was, if there was one, I don't remember. The graphics were horrible. I mean, the controls and the targeting were not there. So it wasn't a big advancement over the previous game. Not at all. It was no big, huge leap from the original, and I mean, of course, they gave you a new character and more con, you know, more content. They changed your setting a little and souped it up, but other than that, like I said, this could have been DLC, and I think it was better suited for that. Now, the one uh, perk I did hear was that you could take your import your character over from the original Dead Island. Was that correct? That you can do, yes. So that's going to be a huge you know, thing for people that were huge fans of the original Dead Island. It's just, this didn't do it for me, though. I really, it has DLC written all over it. It could have been an add-on, and they would have been just fine there, I think. So, what was your final score for this one? My final score on that was a 6.5 out of 10. 
Fitzgerald, better known as Yes Elvis Lives, along with the man, the myth, the legend himself, GA double seven ER Corey. And uh Hello. He, he recently had a chance to get his hands on Crisis Three and uh so Corey, I'll let you uh tell everyone out there your thoughts on Crisis Three. Um well a lot of my thoughts are gonna be in my in my review that I did. Uh, that's up on the site, yourgamesource.com. Um, but to, to, to vocalize how I feel, to put out my emotion of what was described in my, in my review, um, I don't know if you can tell, but I was pretty angry when I played the game. Um, yes, I could tell reading, just reading your review. Like, I never rant in my reviews. I actually started ranting in that review. I had to stop myself. But, um, like, the game itself, like, it's it's a it's a beautiful game. Like I said, it's, like, when you first look at it, when you first see it, even, when, like, each new level when you first see it, it is, you know, a very beautiful game. Uh, the the Crytek engine, the CryEngine 3, is a very, very good graphics engine. Absolutely, um, and that goes back even from, you know, Crisis 2 through Crisis 1. Even, yeah, Crisis 1 was phenomenal as oh, yeah. far as graphics. Like, I, I've seen, like, side-by-side comparisons of Crisis 1 and Crisis 3, and they they both look very realistic. But, like, when I was going through the game, um, like, I, I found problems with textures. There's, like, pretty much two objects on top of each other, and the textures were fighting each other. Which is very distracting when you play the game. I so, so once it goes into, um, everything looks nice from a distance, but once you get into close-ups and things of that nature, that's when it really starts to fail. Yeah, yeah. For the for the most part, like, like I said, everything from a distance looks good. When you like out the the corner of your eye, everything looks good. But when you start looking at everything, like you can tell. Like, you can start seeing, as I described in my review, scratches beneath the surface. Like, you, you see the, the imperfections, like, and they, they're big imperfections. Like I said, this, this one particular spot that, I'm, that comes to mind is, like, literally, like, the size of a wall mm-hmm. on the side of a building, you know, just, like, jumping and messing up in its texture and everything. And it, like, it takes, it takes you out of the game when you see that. Like, you're not immersed in it. The game anymore when stuff like that happens. So it takes and, you entirely out of the picture. Yeah, like it's like because when I don't know about you, Gerald, but when I play games, like I like to be immersed in the stories, especially if I'm playing a single player game. I like to to be the person that I am. Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent agree with you on that. And when oh. something like that happens, when you get like when when you see something like that, it it takes you out of that immersion. And that's definitely what I felt, just seeing something little like that. But it, all the other stuff adds on to it. Like, one thing, I just got to say, swimming in that game is stupid. <laughs> Straight up stupid. Like, if you fall in water, you're going to take, like, forever just to get out. And, like, you can't see anything. It's black, no matter if it's, like, in the middle of the day. And it's bright outside. There's no clouds. It's just black everywhere. But, and, there's uh, no, and there's no real explanation for it or whatnot. It's like an oil spill or anything of that nature. Yeah, it's just black. I hate it. It's stupid. 
But um, like the game, like the game itself at first is like it's. I enjoyed it for the first like twenty thirty minutes of me playing, but then it just got very redundant. Like I had one strategy and the strategy worked. There's nothing to make me change my strategy at all. And the game is for for how big it looks and how how massive it looks is extremely linear. Like you just go from one point to the next to the next to the next. There's not there's not any big reason for me to change my strategy in and the I, game. I encountered that as well, and I expected it out of uh, Crisis Two because it was more in the city, and it actually, due to the, all the damage, was pointing you to one direction. But I could see exactly what you're saying when it comes to Crisis Three because it seemed expans as expansive as Crisis One. Correct? Very correct. But, uh, like, overall, the game definitely does not, like, make me happy at all. It's very disappointing. Um, I would really like to get my $60 back for the game. <laughs> um, and, then, was, uh, and then you, you touch on multiplayer? Um, I, I tried it. Um, I've never really been big into multiplayer on games. But, um... Like, the multiplayer itself was fun. I played the the beta when the beta was out, and uh, I played a little bit after the full release was out. Like, it's fun. Like, I enjoyed it. But at the same time, it's there's a lot of people that hide in corners with their invisibility and shoot you with arrows. So it's not something that you would see people staying with for any long period of time? Oh, no. Like, it, it's... In all honesty, it's almost the same exact thing as Crisis 2 multiplayer, mm -hmm. except for the introduction of the bow. That's really it. There's no there's no real differences between them. Well, there you have it. And uh, so, Corey, uh, what was your final score when sending it? Uh, I believe my final score was a 6.5. And there you have it, 6.5. A little bit of a disappointment there for EA and uh, not a way to end the Crisis Trilogy. Correct? Very correct. Um, I would say wait for it to go on sale. So I'm sure that it will go on sale very, very soon. I can imagine so. And, and coming out the same week as uh, Metal Gear Revenge, uh, Revengeance uh, is not exactly the best thing for EA as well. So, Let alone coming out two weeks after Dead Space 3, which is a much better game, by the way. From EA. Yeah. So there you have it, everyone. Uh, that's Corey's review of Crisis 3. Uh, for more, just check it out on his page, GA77ER or our reviews page at yourgamesource.com. Oh, yeah. All righty. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> that game. <laughs> Come on, what? It's uh, Injustice Gods Among Us, which you both have played extensively. And we've, yes. both, we've been talking about injustices, so why not talk about a good one that's not really an injustice? That is true. That is very true. Well, a lot I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm a huge fighting game fan, so I loved it. Yeah, and luckily that's what me and Jamie have in common, is that we're both very big uh, fighter enthusiasts. Well, can I, I am too. I love and, and Jeremiah. Jeremiah loves them. Oh, yeah, the, 
Uh, so we got Jamie, Jeremiah, and I believe there was another person on the site that... Bryce. Bryce, that's who it was. Well, just don't but, just don't kick his butt at Street Fighter Cross Tekken, because then he'll turn around and figure out how to kick your butt. You said uh, <laughs> you, you absolutely Bad. love... Well, Jamie, you said you absolutely love this game. I did. And you love the iOS as far as the app that it came out for. It. Oh, God, yeah. That is amazing. If they did that with more games, oh my gosh, it would be freaking gold yeah. for so many places to do that. Well, then, uh, your score for the game was actually what? You're really going to ask me that right now? Well, that's, I'm just asking. I'm just... <laughs> it actually, you gave it a 7.5 out of 10. I did. And then, so I'm just saying, I'm, I'm not trying to put you on the spot. Please, uh, just, you know, I know you'll hit me next time you'll see me. I know what you're wondering. How can I love it so much and talk so highly of it if I only gave it a 7.5? But I think it's probably in the same way that I love Sleeping Dogs, even though I gave it a similar score. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, Sleeping Dogs. The, which is coming free to PlayStation Plus users. Sony, if you're listening, I just gave you a plug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hold my breath for my check. But <laughs> I I gave it a 7.5, and I'll be honest. The only reason it didn't get higher is because I didn't want to be that person that said that everybody went, he loves fighting games. He only gave it that score because he loves fighting games. It deserved a... I'm not going to say a lot higher. It deserved a little higher than a 7.5. But again, I did not want to be that person that, oh, he just gave it that because he like No. It deserved what it deserved. It had... The, the story... What did it for me is the story was short. If the story would have been longer, I would have probably gave it at least a 9, maybe an 8.5. But the story was too short for me. But, I mean, you've got online, and then you've got all the different... You know, the Star Lab missions, the battle. So the replay value is so high, it really didn't matter that the story was short. Chris, where were your thoughts on the on the game uh, that uh, you played it extensively? <laughs> well, the, uh, I mean, everything that Jamie has touched on is basically, exa- like, exactly how the game is. Um, my perspective on it, though, was a little bit different because I'm a huge fighting fan, but I've always been extremely favored towards the Street Fighter series. Uh, and the type of game that it is, Mortal Kombat fighting system, I, I was very, very turned off by the game. However, I had to pick it up because it was DC and because it's still a fighting game. And I have to at least try it before I knock it. Chris, um, I don't mean to interrupt you, but you, did you not see the option to change the controls to Street Fighter controls? That is actually something I have not seen yet. So if there is something like that, that is actually kind of crazy. However... It is possible. Okay. Well... I don't know. It's not uh, all the controls, though. Like, the stiffness is very Mortal Kombat-ish. Oh, it's it's night and day. Yeah. It's definitely night and day. Well, the one thing with it, I mean, I don't mind it being uh, uh, set up kind of like a... Uh, Mortal Kombat status because it actually turned out a lot better that way. Um, it, it feels easier to play, which I'm not saying Mortal Kombat is easier to play, but it just feels like it's nice and simple, um, not too complex. So, personally, I like the way that this uh, game was set up. Um, I, I just didn't like the... Uh, 
the fact that it felt like Mortal Kombat at the beginning. Now, though, I, I have to I have to say, their system is very easy to play. It's very easy to understand the controls, the comboing system. Just I feel like I can actually do combos in there better than I can in uh, Marvel vs. Capcom, which is all combo based. But um, I, I love the game. I love the graphics made with the Unreal Engine. I loved every little bit of it. Even the story, as short as it was, I felt that it was still pretty long. Um, not not long like a, a, a Elder Scrolls story or something like that, but long enough to keep my attention. Where I was like, "Dang, this thing! If it ended now, I'd be happy." And it was. It just kept going. It kept going. And I personally really liked how the story played through. Um, Which I think bouncing around the different the different characters. Yeah. I think that's what kept the attention span, because yes. that's what did it for me. Yeah, by far, because if it would have kept you with Superman the whole time, or something like that, or, or Batman the whole time, I, I would have been like, uh, okay, no, I don't want to do this. Right. But the fact that their story was was uh, jumpy, and you would try out every single person, good and bad even, it, it just made it like, holy crap, I'm in the shoes of this. And it worked. It worked perfect. Yeah, I've seen a few newer fighting games do that uh, for their story. Yeah. So that seems to be the more popular way to do it these days. So they're actually adding stories to fighting games instead of just multiplayer aspect where you're just playing against computers or other people. So I personally like that. Um, if I had to give anything to it, I would have easily given it at least an 8, an eight out of 10. Easily. But... Uh, I didn't write a, uh, a physical review or anything. I just did a video review. Uh, my, I guess my video review kind of counts towards it, though. I'd probably say a good... From everything I played, I'd say 8.5 out of 10. The only thing I didn't like was the multiplayer aspect. Uh, like, not multiplayer, but, like, um, matchmaking. Because it's not as fair as it should be. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> my first match on Ranked, I went up against a guy who was... 230 wins and 16 losses. Um, definitely not fair to my 0-0 yeah, zero zero record. Yeah, that sounds about right. That happened to me, too. <laughs> uh, and it took me about 8 games, but I finally won my first ranked match. So right now I'm about 1-8. 1-7. Nice. So I'm, I'm liking... Uh, I'm liking actually playing online, though. It, it, it helps advance your the way you have to play the game because it's not... It's not just like, oh, if you can do this combo, you win. You have to learn each character, learn their opposites, learn their weaknesses. And, I mean, that could take a while to do. And especially when there's many different people playing, uh, everyone plays differently. So it's not um, it's not like you can play one time and say, oh, I can always beat Batman. I can always beat this person. It you really work can't. that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And plus, you got to remember how to use the environments to your advantage and everything. Oh, God, yeah. Using those to do extra, uh, extra combos just makes the game that much easier, that much more fun. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It, but it also makes it harder. Like, at the same time, you play on a certain map, and where the environment changes, it could be different. Um, you play on Aqu- Aquaman's uh, level, there is no environment change. You can, you can hit, beat him around a couple times, but you can't switch areas. And the way you use the environment is different depending on who you're using. Exactly, yeah. If you're a bigger person, you might toss items around. If you're a small person, you might use it to bounce off of them. It's uh, it's great. 
Mm-hmm. So depending on your character, you can really adjust the way you play. Yeah, millions of possibilities with the game, so... You do. The replay value is just endless. Yeah. Especially with the DLC starting to get ready to come in. Yes. The only thing is I wish they would announce what other DLC they're going to have. They just haven't announced anything. I'm like, dang it, just tell me now. So far, it looks like Batgirl and Lobo. Yes, I, I heard about the Lobo being in there. Um, but hopefully, I mean, it, I mean, not just Lobo, but there are some characters I'm just like, oh, please be in there. And some that I know they haven't announced, but it, it's just like a a chance, like I'm I'm hoping for, like Starfire or uh, uh, who, who was it? Uh, Martian Manhunter. There, there were some people that I haven't heard about, but they're still kind of rumored to maybe be in there. Right. We can hope. Yeah. <laughs> All right, sounds good. And that's, again, Injustice Gods Among Us. Uh, looks like uh, it's a good game, and people should definitely uh, check it out. The humanoid must not escape. Uh, next in our reviews, Nino Kuni, Wrath of the White Witch. That would be you, Chris. I know Joel also wrote an extensive review on it as well on his page at thenesta.com. But, Chris, since you were up first, uh, please uh, let us know your thoughts on Nino Kumi. (laughs) The the review he wrote was very extensive. Um, I didn't try to go into that much detail. But with what I I thought about the game, uh, everything about it just was brilliant. as far as being in the JRPG genre, uh, there's very few games that actually catch my interest. This one was perfect because of the artwork, the story, uh, everything that you can do, the customization worked so well together to be an easy yet very challenging game at the same time. Very contradiction, very contradicting uh, aspects, but when, when you play the game, you feel like you can do anything However, there are times when you know that you have to strategically work your, uh, you have to work at it to understand what you've got to do, whether it's attack, defend, use spells, use items, use your teammates, whatever it may be to help win a fight. And sometimes your fights could last uh, anywhere from 10 seconds to 10, 15 minutes uh, just to beat one person. And I think that's what makes the game a little bit more fun is because you don't know what you're going to be doing and how it's going to react later on. Um, but that's just the gameplay itself. The artwork being made from Studio Ghibli, the same um, studio that brings some of the best artwork in any anime uh, or animated movies. Uh, is, I mean, mainly it's all Japanese-based, and then it's uh, brought to America from Disney, and it's very nicely made. And doing this with uh, the gameplay that it has, they just mix well so perfectly. Uh, I mean, it's always been nice to look at one of those those movies and say, hey, I wish I could control what he's doing. Well, this is it. Uh, you play as a kid named Oliver, and you're just going through his life and his experiences and in this fantasy world that you're in, as well as the real world that you're in. It makes so much sense, even though it's fantasy. It makes sense on how stuff can be related in other alternate universes. And I think that's just where it gets people, is just because it's a very... Um, a very fun thing to do. It's not too stressful uh, like The Cave or like any puzzle game that you might just want to 
stop playing if it's too uh, complicated. But I think what people want to do is as soon as they get past one part, it makes them want to see what happens next. And then the next part makes them want to see what happens next. And the intensity just grows and grows and grows. And I think it just it gets better that way. Um, graphics, gameplay, everything I've seen has been great. A couple flaws to it um, that I've noticed. It, you seem like you want to get uh, leveled up too fast, too, like too high too fast. And that's definitely not possible. You've got to be slow and patient with it. Um, you've got to grind out and keep farming on monsters to level your people up or level yourself up. And after a while, it, it can get a little tedious. But uh, if you go through the story while you're doing it, it you almost never notice it. So is it um, – I know with a lot of games I play like that, sometimes you just have to sit down and be like – I got to grind for like an hour, like put a movie on or something, and you just have to sit and grind. Well, is it is it one of those? It's not that long. I think the most I spent one time grinding, I probably only went for like uh, maybe 20, 30 minutes, and it was just so that way, because I, I fought uh, a boss, and I could not beat him. I farmed for about 20 minutes, went up three levels, went back against him, beat him in like two minutes. It was really quick. So it, I'm okay. just slightly underpowered. Um, but also, I probably could have played more strategically when I fought him, and I probably would have won. Uh, instead, I was like, you know what, let me just go farm for 20 minutes, and then went, did that, uh, and I leveled up, like, I think it was three times, and just beat him afterwards. How did you uh, care for the art style and, and the animated look um, uh, of the actual look and feel of the game? Did you th- feel it... Was a great fit, or do you, did you see something a little bit uh, different that would have made it uh, maybe a little bit better for as far as the overall game is concerned? Well, I, I mean, they did great as as the artwork went on. Um, they had two two kind of artworks. They had one that was animated from the studio, where you still saw your characters; they still moved, and their mouths were working with it, but it wasn't the the best like uh, synchronization. Then they actually went to parts where it was a complete cutscene, and it looked like you were just watching a Studio Ghibli movie, where it, it went to its two-dimensional but three-dimensional like feel, um, kind of look, and it looked perfect that way. I wish all the cutscenes were actually that way, but uh, ne- nevertheless, no matter which way they put it, both of them looked nice. They just didn't have, in my opinion, they didn't have enough. Uh, it was a lot of reading you had to do as well instead of it actually speaking out to you, which I, I like those parts because I like to hear either the Japanese or the uh, the American uh, voice actors. I mean, that's usually where I, I get into these things is to hear them because they have their own unique feel. And especially one of the characters has a uh, weirdly – everyone seems to be British except one guy has to be Irish, and he has the – the weirdest Irish accent, and he even says, like, Irish puns that I have no idea what they mean. But when he talks, like, I understand them. If I have to read it, I get lost. So uh, I I think the artwork was done very well. I just wish they had done either more artwork that it way. It looks they, good. It looks really good. Uh, it is. And anywhere you look, I, I've, been, I've been looking through every little nook and cranny about the game to see if I can find a bug with it or if I can do something else. I mean, everything that I've ever done in this game has been perfectly designed, and uh, from the characters themselves to the scenery, it's just beautiful. 
I just feel like so many games try to focus on, like, getting something that looks really realistic and, like, putting so much of their time and effort into making it look good, where yeah. it's almost refreshing to see an animation style like this, where it looks gorgeous. And it's just, but it's not, you know, what a lot of the AAA titles have. Yeah. But I, I well, really like what, this animation. That's what Japanese RPGs are famous for, and that's why I love them, is because they don't focus too much on the realistic, like, hey, let's make everything look like it's human skin, human hair, and so forth. Yeah. They keep it to a, they keep it to their own style, but when they focus more on story, you you like the graphics and everything, but you're more intrigued into the story, and just to see the beauty that they can do with animation, um, to to use magic or to do certain attacks or certain things, it's easier to make it look fake but beautiful than real and beautiful. So when they they can make these games easily, and when like games like Nino Kuni come out, it looks beautiful and it's perfect. Um, when they try to push out Skyrim too early and there's a bunch of bugs and it's like, Ugh. yeah, it, it's it looks nice because it looks real, but then you've got so much so many more problems to occur with it, um, and you've either got to push it out a year later or you've got to um, you've got to patch it up every few months it. It just turned out to be those messes with it. But Nino Kuni, like, I, I, have not you, seen, I haven't seen a development mess yet on this game. Like, there's just so much effort put into um, all that, like like you said, just all that maintenance, where it's like, if you had all those people work on, I don't know, something else, like, you could imagine how the game would be different. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's just, like, the the culture differences. I mean, and maybe it's just the Japanese find that a story is more important than a, a graphic, uh, like, concept. But then in the Western Hemisphere, we're just focused on everything being 1080p and the best graphics and crap like that, when it, it's refreshing to go kind of mellow with that and still focus on a good story, like a good novel or something, you know? I always appreciate a good story. That's, yep. like, my number one thing in a game. Everybody's like, oh, script part of game story. Done. Yeah. And, Gerald, you were about to say something as well. No, I just was going to uh, add on to that. It's it's ma it's a matter of style over, over substance here. Uh, you're what you're saying here in North America and maybe Europe as well when we're designing games, whereas in, uh, in Japan you're saying it's more of a substance over style issue. Yeah. Absolutely. But then again, that might be seeing it on the other side. It's, it's just, I guess, that's why uh, a lot of uh, Japanese games don't seem to uh, uh, connect with a larger audience here, uh, both in North America and in Europe, is maybe it's because we as, as the general audience of gamers are, are becoming, have become more used to um, the, the style over substance uh, type, type video game. Yeah. Like, if I found out, like, a game was released in Japan first, and it's being released in the States, there's, like, a 90% chance I'm going to love it. <laughs> just, so, just so many of the games that I love have Japanese roots, and I think, Gerald, is exactly what you said, it's just the substance of our style. Yeah. And you have, just to make clarify, you gave the score for the game a... Uh, I gave it a 9 out of 10, uh, a solid 9 out of 10. It was it was hard to bring it down from 9.5, but I didn't think of it as that perfect of a game. Um, but, I mean, just because of its slight flaws, but nothing can ever be 10 out of 10. So 
but definitely it is a must try for any person that's into RPG games, whether it is westernized or already in my Amazon cart. <laughs> whether it's a, a westernized type of game or if it's um or if you're someone from America that just likes uh Skyrim and uh Fallout and stuff like that, still try this game. How long did it take you? Uh to to beat it? Mm-hmm. It's I, I don't even know how many hours it says I have on the game. It's like seventy no. Oh. When did I what was I playing yesterday? Oh, yeah, I'm like at 78, 79 hours, and I I beat it. I technically beat the last the last thing. I'm not going to say anything. Um, at like hour 71, but there's a bunch of stuff that I can still do to kind of have okay. a different ending as well. It's it's very weird how the ending works out. So I'm going to try to get everything else before I get this last secret thing to happen. Destroy him, my robot. Let's go to Jamie. Jamie, uh, I know you recently played Soul Sacrifice, and you hopefully might have had a little bit better experience than I did. Eh, maybe. Even though it turned out to be the same, but... Uh, it did kind of turn out the same. A little disappointing, considering, you know, it was the creator of Mega Man. So you obviously just hope for the best. And, you know, it had a lot of big shoes to fill. They tried to follow in the footsteps of some big names out there, like, you know, Monster Hunter and Fantasy Star. But it has its own, I mean, you can't really say, oh, look, it's just like those, because it's not. It's got its own uniqueness, you know. You start out, you're an imprisoned mage, and um, you're talking to a book. Now, Jeremiah, I know, played the demo, as we had already talked about this once before, Jamie, to each other. Jamie, can I ask you a quick question? Yes. Every RPG have to start out imprisoned? Or I think so. I think that's like par for the course now, or I don't know. It's, it's if you don't do it, something's wrong. I'm beginning to wonder. I think that's just, you have to do that, or it's not an RPG. I don't know. You know I, I think they just all go, ooh, that worked for them. We gotta do it too. And it doesn't always work. I don't know. All the skulls made it popular. That's what we mean. <laughs> that That's what I mean. They... You know, they're going, hey, it worked for them, but it's not working for them. It works for one, but not the other. Now, Jeremiah will tell you, I honestly wanted to set the book on fire. That's how annoying the book got to me. You know, you literally want to just kill it, because it's annoying. It's a talking book. It's a magical book. It's basically, you have to go through him to relive moments to figure out how to get yourself free. Yeah, to make a long story demo. short. Even during the demo, it was already annoying me. See? It's just, it was... That part was annoying. They should have worked on that a little bit. It wasn't horribly bad. You know, obviously, the only way you're going to get any depth out of the story is if you pay attention to the text, which is narrated to you. And every so often a cutscene... I was surprised, you know, you would have thought there'd be more cutscenes. But, um, I, I gave it a 7 out of 10. Like I said, it wasn't all that bad. The customization options were really good. The combat was, it kept my attention, but at the same time, it had its flaws, which because I'm sure Jeremiah can pipe in on too, because it was wonky to me. It had bad camera angles, and it just, 
Well, we saw it at CES. I first saw it at CES. I thought it was actually... I had hopes for it. It's uh, you and about 99% of the world that saw it. And yeah. it's been a big view. You know, it has, a, it has thousands of views on our site as far as our, our footage of it. It has on a YouTube page. And, and I just thought the game had a lot of promise. Well, a lot of people had high expectations for this game being a, a Vita, you know, Vita killer, so... And I mentioned that in my review, you know, it's it's not going to make or break the Vita, and it wasn't. It really wasn't all the hype that it had behind it. I'm not going to say not to play it, because I literally did tell everyone to play it. It's definitely worth playing, but is it the be-all, end-all that everybody thought it would be? No, not at all. And you gave it... What? I gave it a 7 out of 10. It's still a playable game. It's definitely playable. It just, it was not what everybody, I don't think it's what anyone expected. Someone got the food. Because we're going to cover a detailed review of Dead Space 3. It's the one that actually a lot of people have been pointing towards who has really the major kickoff of the spring season. Because from now here on out for a little while, we're going to see nothing but a list of great games coming out. So, Corey, you were kind enough to drop a review for the site on this. Take it away, my friend. Yes, sir. Yes. Um, basically, I've been playing. I got to play it a couple months ago. Like, he actually invited me to, uh, to actually, me and Chris both got to go play it uh, out in California, which is really cool. We got to try out, like, the, uh, the, the co-op part of it, as well as the, uh, the single-player part of it. But, uh, like... Getting that, as well as getting uh, through the demo that came out, as well as getting it this morning, like it's me personally. I, I had I was a little skeptical about it because, like, when I saw it at E3, I was thinking that it was mainly just it was mainly going towards the action side of everything instead of going towards the horror side and staying in the horror side where they've always been. I kind of feared that they were getting a little bit too much influence from EA. But uh, by the looks of it, it's it's still I've been screaming like a little girl all this morning. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, and so like it's it still has that horror side of it. You know, it still has the suspense stuff still jumping out at me all the time. And um, it's it's uh, it's definitely very good. Like in in comparison to like the last Dead Spaces, like Dead Space One, Dead Space Two, like graphically it's gotten a lot better. I feel like the storyline's gotten a little bit more focused on it as well and especially in comparison to the first one so like it's uh it's been very very enjoyable and this is all i've been doing all day long until i got on the call this morning or right now the two questions i had and i brought, brought it up with you earlier were the microtransactions and the co-op um, mm -hmm. how do you think they were implemented were they implemented with good taste or do you think that like you said ea you know had its fingerprints all over it one answer yes, one answer no. The uh, the first one, we'll go with the co-op. Um, me, personally, I love co-op games. And uh, once again, I, I was kind of like a little skeptical about them adding co-op to a Dead Space game, that it would lose the horror side of it. But from everything that I've played in co-op, it still has that horror feel to it, but it has uh, the camaraderie of having somebody there with you. And, I, and me, personally, I've been really enjoying it and looking forward to this release today so but as far as the microtransactions there's like i have to kind of bite my tongue it's really really bad i'm very very disgusted as far as um as far as how much little stuff will come up as far as uh 
on what you can purchase with it. Like, you can purchase resources with it, which you can use to, like, build up your guns or, like, upgrade your armor and stuff like that. So, basically, when you first jump into the game and you go to the first bench, you can pretty much max out everything that you have as long as you pay for it in real life instead of actually playing through the game to, to upgrade your stuff. So, in other words, it's going to speed up the process. Right, and then, like, it's going to get boring if somebody, like, if you were to do that, it's going to get boring to the point that if, uh, you know, you already have overpowered weapons and your your armor is all the way up, you don't take as much damage, you're not going to have as much fun as going through the game, gathering all your resources and everything like that. But I would say, like, the thing that, that hit me the most was the, uh, like, I, I mentioned it in my in my review of it, was that there's these little scavenging bots that you put out to gather resources for you and everything. And um, to one of the microtransactions is to actually purchase a voice for it. So it's 400 points, so it's $5. $5 gives you a voice that's already in the game because you can tell by how big the file is, only 108 kilobytes. Or, yeah, kilobytes. Yeah. And so it's it's already in the game all you're doing is activating it and it's five dollars just to activate that so for me just to to have that or if i wanted to carry more scavenger box or if i wanted to uh, speed up the process which you can't do in the game at all unless you like purchase it it's it's really hinders what they put into the game or if you pay money it hinders how how good the game is for you you know what i mean but overall, you enjoyed the game. I enjoy the atmosphere of it. I really think the look is great, um, especially for being on the tail end of the console generation. I thought the story had some issues. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more, though, on your review. I think you gave it a very strong score. What was that final score again? It was uh, 8.5. Sweet. Uh, I think that was a very good score for it. Um, little issues like that aside and the story issues aside. Maybe a couple fetch quests maybe didn't. You know, it got redundant a little bit, do you think? Um, I haven't really found any redundancy in it yet because, uh, like, I haven't I haven't gone back to anywhere okay, except, so you, like, you one room. You haven't done any backtracking, really? Yeah, I haven't done any. Like, there's only, like, basically you meet back up in one room, like, halfway through the game, but that's really it. Like, you've, you pretty much go because... Hey, Corey. Yeah. Did you did you find that the, the overall level structure was as constrictive as some of the other iterations of the game, like it was like movement was real restricted by the limited visibility. Yeah. Like I've, I've read it to that to where like I would have, uh, I'll be screaming like a little girl once again in a corner and like something would pop out, but it would be behind my character. So I couldn't see it. And then I would just get like jumped by him. But that's, you know, me not moving back and forth. So, but like it is, it is very constrictive. The, the hallways are narrow. Um, but once again, it is a horror game, so we're just gonna have to set up a uh, uh, a drunken playthrough with uh, you and Chris again someday. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> so, you, so you both can scream like little girls together. Oh, I'm sure we will. <laughs> we'll start with you, Sam. Um, your thoughts overall on the cave? The cave, I I'm gonna start with I'm I'm personally a big Double Fine fan, so I heard you know Double Fine's coming out with a new game, awesome. Um, 
it came out, and I was like, I posted on our page, like, oh, hey, like, is anybody, is anybody playing it? And Gerald, you informed me that the, the current Metacritic score was, was like a 73, 74. Yes. And, and I was and like, ouch. Before I, before I let you continue, I want to ask, is a lot of that stemming from Psychonauts, not just for you, but for a lot of other individuals that put, that have put Double Fine maybe on, on a nice high plateau? Am I, am I wrong definitely, to say that? Definitely rooted, rooted from Psychonauts. Because I've played that game. It's been my favorite game for years. I absolutely love it. Played it a dozen times. Because but since then, there's just, they have not had, they've not been able to recreate the magic, per se. It, yeah, I mean, they've been honestly, able to have a very, a lot of good games. They've had a lot of good mm-hmm. games, but nothing that has, everybody's gone critically in love with. That like, is true. Opinion. I think Double Fine is, um, they have a very specific, not specific, like they have this sense of humor that is very, a double fine sense of humor in their games. And it's a little bit of a dark, maybe a little more dry humor. And I love that. Like that is what brings me back to double fine games. And like, and then like, cost, I don't know if you have a costume quest. The costume quest is amazing. So underrated. I think, I think the word underrated is synonymous with double fine because they produce so much good stuff that people don't, just don't pick up as quickly and as much as other games, which is frustrating as a personal fan. But it was my my faith in Double Fine was enough for me to just be like, you know what, the score is low, but I'm gonna pick it up anyway. And don't get me wrong, yeah. Sam, I, I enjoyed Brutal Legend. I really thought that was a undervalued title, uh, and I really think that there was some really creative flow going there. I just. You know, I just I just understand that the legacy of Psychonauts for a game that initially didn't sell very well, but has just created a own its own aura, all of its own by by the critical masses. Yeah. It's just you know I, I don't want to see them rest on their laurels. But uh, do you think they yeah. might have done that with the cave? Honestly, like um, it's it's very it's very different than I think anything they've really put out before. Um, it's a it's primary, it's a puzzle game. And I, I honestly think that part of a lower score is a lot of the puzzles are very challenging. Like, when you look at the – I know you've seen, like, screenshots from it or videos from it, and it, it looks very cute, you know. There's, like, seven characters, and they're just, you know, they're, they're, they're cute-looking. Like, that's the word I'm going to stick with. Well, it seems to be like a, a puzzler in the shape of a platformer. Right, exactly. And – um. So just by looking at it, you kind of think it was almost made for a younger audience. That, that, was, honest, that was my first impression. I, it was very wrong. But then you get into the puzzle. The first puzzle is like, it's not, it's not too t- tough, but it, it's challenging enough. I love puzzle games. Absolutely love them. I think there's very few things that equal the reward of solving a good puzzle. And you're just like, yes, got that. But it's very challenging. And some of the ants, some of the solutions are not always very clear. It's not so much that they're difficult; it's that they're not clear, which I think could be a problem for some people who aren't really as dedicated to it as I am. So you start off, you pay. There's seven characters, and you choose three, and the game changes based on which three characters you chose. So there's some levels that are dedicated to to a specific character. And each character has a specific a specific power 
that lets them do something that other people can't. Like, the adventurer can grapple, and you can, like, swing across the, the knight. I'm playing with the, the knight, the adventurer, and the time traveler. And the knight has, like, this shield where you can get hurt, and the time traveler can, like, phase through certain walls. So it really, it really changes it up, and it really forces you to think. And that's what I, I – any game that could really just make me just sit and think for a little while and really challenge me in that way, I, I really appreciate games that do that. And I don't think there's enough that do. So with something like that, though, if, if there's seven different characters and you can only choose three – um, what if you choose the wrong three? Is it possible to do that? Oh, or? no, no, no. Like, it's not like that. It's, um, the the way the game changes is specific to your characters. So there's oh. a level, like, there's there's your character levels and then kind of like these intermediate levels where the character levels, you have to have that character. Like, in order to, to even start the, 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 the quest of that particular part of the cave, you need to have that character. And you can only beat it. Like, you can beat it with other characters, but it's not like... I I know exactly what you mean, because I was saying the same thing, but, like, there's certain parts of certain levels you can't access. Like, um, there's one character, the hillbilly, he can hold his breath for a long time, and um, there's certain parts and levels where there's a really long under water part and you can't you, your, your other character couldn't hold their breath long enough to finish it so you could only get there if you have the hillbilly so you don't have the hillbilly you can't get to that part but it's not essential to the current plot to the current puzzle alright gotcha I see the night level in order to even you have to like talk to the king initially so minor spoiler um, there's like this, this this pit you fall down and it's got like fire shooting from either side so if you walked in there with a regular character it would die but oh, if you okay. if you like jump down and you use your like shield, it shields him so he can jump down and not die. Because that's the only way to get to the king. Oh, okay. So, so uh, overall, what do you think about it? I I love it. Uh, right now, as a if I if I if I had to give it a number right now, I would honestly I would put it at a nine. That's what I'm gonna say. Fair enough. Not not quite not quite a ten because there are some just little. I'm playing on PC. Which, um, without a controller, I'm using the keyboard, which the controls are a little weird for that. But um, I think if you played it with a controller, it wouldn't really be a problem. I, I can agree with you uh, more. Sounds looks like uh, Double Fine is actually coming out with a very, very good game. I just was kind of concerned over the Metacritic score uh, with a lot of the scores from other critics um, kind of not giving it the fair treatment that it should. But um, seeing what you think about it, um, also, as well, I've heard some good things, uh, like you said, from Corey and also as well Joel, that uh, this is the game I think people should be able to be interested in, whether you're downloading it uh, from uh, XBLA or PSN or just going straight to Steam. So Definitely, definitely, definitely check it out. It's really, really amazing. Hey, everyone. It's Gerald, better known as Yes, Elvis Lives. And I'm here today to tell you about Tomb Raider and our review from www.yourgamesource.com. In the annals of video game lore, Laura Croft has until recent years been considered the queen of adventure gaming. What with a string of Tomb Raider successes in the late 90s and early 2000s, she had gaming fanboys all abuzz with her style, as well as her deadly to the bad guys, of course, substance. 
but in recent years she has been given the proverbial kick to the curb by none other than our own Nathan Drake of the famous Uncharted series, which not only tread on her water, but has proceeded to splash it in her face. Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics went back to the drawing board and has since designed a reboot for Lara Croft and the Tomb Raider series, and in doing so, they have given exactly just what she needed, a much welcome shot in the arm. The story takes place on an expedition to locate the lost civilization of the Yamatai, but in their search, the crew gets stranded on a mysterious island nestled deep in the heart of the Dragon's Triangle, after their shipwrecks during a storm. The opening destruction of the Endurance, instead of being an extended cutscene, could have maybe served better as the game's tutorial because your time on the island in the first hour gets off to a little bit of a slow start. Separated from her comrades, Laura starts off an adventure to not only locate and or save her friends, but to unravel the mysteries of the island and how it may all tie into what she was really searching for in the first place. Once you start exploring the island, Laura comes to the realization, rather quickly, that in order to survive, she must do the unthinkable. She must kill or be killed. It's this immediate transformation from Oh, poor, sweet, innocent, woe is me, Laura Croft, to I'm a stone-cold killer. <laughs> Laura Croft is not necessarily the issue here. It's how the story at times tries to have her revert back to her innocence after a string of headshots and impaling people with your pickaxe that at times really becomes bothersome can become a point to almost take the player out of the flow of the game at hand. We want Lara to be strong, yet a conflicted character. I get that, but also I think that when you have a system that continuously rewards you, the player, for the different, yet always grisly, ways you can dispose of your foes, it kind of sets a double standard, so maybe a more deliberately slower character progression would have sufficed better to explain ultimately the hardened emotions which her life situations evolved her into. Lara's story in itself, for the most part, is pretty well done, with some subtle nuances that I had yet to ever experience before in previous video games. That being said, the gameplay gathers much inspiration from titles such as Uncharted with a healthy dose of climbing, stealth action, and third-person shooting. At least when it comes to the single-player campaign, the core mechanics rarely disappoints and makes for an interesting mixture of mayhem. Minor quibbles such as the heavy leaning on quick-time events, especially in the beginning, and puzzles which may not be as challenging as one would like, plus the NPCs or secondary characters not really having much in the way of substance, a small issue throughout the game. Your weapon of choice most likely will be the longbow, as its accuracy and feel makes for a good time when you're consistently gaining headshot after headshot with tremendous ease. Ammunition is plentiful, especially arrows, and there's always hidden treasures, tombs, or boxes containing salvage to look for and gain XP from, and in doing so, unlock new abilities, and also you can modify your weapons to make them stronger. Did this game need an RPG-like progression here? No, it didn't really. I could have done without it, because it always, really every time I tried to go into it, it unnecessarily took away focus from the core gameplay 
and at no time at all did I really think I needed or desired to get to a camp in order to upgrade. What really makes this game strong is the unexpected start of the show. Okay. No, not Laura. It's the island itself. This is where Crystal Dynamics ultimately should be congratulated for, is the actual game design as you will continually come upon new challenges and encounters. Once you have finished the main story, the island itself opens up and becomes a beautiful and interesting playground for you to explore. The game does ultimately suffer when you head over on over to the multiplayer to try one of the few limited but ultimately uninspiring options. In many ways, this game reminds me of a poor man's Uncharted 2 among thieves, in that it contains a strong single-player campaign, yet the multiplayer component seems a little bit undeveloped, but it holds a lot of promise for future iterations. Whether it be a team deathmatch, free-for-all, or objective-based option, Tomb Raider's multiplayer has components that are good, but won't stay with you, and thus will probably won't keep your interest for very long. When all is said and done, however, this Tomb Raider reboot provides many enjoyable moments. A game in which Lara and the island rise to the occasion and rarely disappoints. Unfortunately, the game falls short on other levels, ultimately making this game very good, but not quite yet ready to swim in uncharted waters. Drake, sleep easy, my friend, because your crown still sits very snugly on top of your head. For now, at least. My final verdict is 8.5 out of 10. For the full written review, check it out on the reviews page at yourgamesource.com or also as well off our mobile app. Once again, this is Yes Elvis Lives. Thank you for listening. I recently covered which was, here we go, and I was actually one of the first to actually post it. We were actually one of the first major websites in the world to post this, unfortunately. Uh, it was for Star Trek the Video Game. Star Trek the Video Game, if you haven't played it, it's a, it's a game based not actually off the new movie Star Trek Into Darkness, which probably would have made for a better game, but does have all the uh, the characters coming that are in that movie all the main characters, and basically, it's a, it's a new story. It's a, it's set uh, in between the first reboot and the new movie that's coming up. And actually, and this is the best part about it was the story itself. Basically, they go and Kirk and Spock. You can play as either one of them. Kirk and Spock go to save a people on a slowly disintegrating and, dis and uh, self-destructing space station because it's causing a rift and in this rift out shoots out an old enemy and arch nemesis from actually the original episodes of the TV series The Gorn and your mission obviously is to try and do what you can to, to stop the Gorn from taking over the galaxy I won't go into too many details in regards to that because once it gets to specific it'll probably take all the fun out of for you if you're playing as Kirk you get to try and, and do what you can to save a girl along with that the Vulcan scientist if you're Spock you can use a mind meld feature and then also your impetus is that you're trying to do what you can to, to save the universe and help restart new Vulcan which got destroyed in the, in the first reboot movie 
that's pretty much where it ends as far as uh, highlights for this game because unfortunately the level of polish on this game is is pretty appalling and and I'm just uh, uh, very sad that that this game could have could have really been a, a top-notch game this game this could actually could have been a, a game of the year contender had it Unfortunately, uh, that wasn't the case, and for me, it was just a great story, which I probably equate to something in maybe the Star Trek Next Generation realm, as far as how it fit, how it seemed through, and and the way it intertwined, as far as the story is concerned. Uh, that big, big plus. Uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of minuses in game, as I previously mentioned, plus the fact that there's some intriguing level design issues that, that I go in further on my review in the YourGamesource.com reviews page. But overall, this game was, was quite disappointing many levels to many people. And if you come to me and tell me that this game is ridiculously bad, I, I can't find it. I can't argue with it. But for somehow, for some reason, the story just makes it a guilty pleasure to me. I gave the game a 7 out of 10, but really, there, there, there's just no way I can just really just give a wholehearted defense to it if you, if you came to me. Because if you're not a Star Trek fan, you cannot get by the gameplay. You, can have, you cannot get by all the elements that, that make it such a bad game, and, and uh, on many levels. So... If you're not a Star Trek fan, you need to just warp yourself on out of there and, and beam yourself somewhere else. If you are a Star Trek fan, you probably will be able to get by enough to enjoy the story to see your way through it. But there's so many glitches and so many issues and lack of polish, which were quite disturbing, that that caused concern you know, for games like this in the future, but then again it's the old adage, it's a movie game, so we should never get our hopes up for a movie related game. And like I said, it's a 7 out of 10 for me. Uh, for more, in a much more detailed fashion, you can go to my review, which is on yourgamesource.com slash reviews.html uh, where you can see it in full and see it all in all of its uh, blazing glory. So, beam me out Scotty on this one. Sounded like it was even hard for you to see Blazing Glory. It it is. It's just like I said. I love. The, it's just such a guilty pleasure. And but there's just no way I can defend it to people uh, why I like it so much. It's just. It really is just so flawed in so many other areas, and it's just so disappointing because this game could have easily with with polish, with with a halfway decent job of polish, and just a couple things as far as into implementing some interesting gameplay could have been a nine, a nine and a half easily for, for most of these reviewers, eight and a half, nine, nine and a half. Instead, you know, they chose not to do that. They chose a rush job. They could, could have taken another, should have taken another year to polish this game and it would something special, but it wasn't. They didn't. And so it, it's out there and unfortunately it'll be in a bargain bin sometime very soon. So. I felt bad because I'm the one that had to break the news to you. Yeah, I, and I saw the reviews on it. Like I said, it, it's just, and I can't, I can't defend it because there's just, it's just no excuse. I, I love the story. I just love the story that much. I thought, thought for me, it appealed to me, like, it, it, like a Star Trek Next Generation episode, even though it combined elements from the, the new movies plus the original TV series. But that was just for me, and I know that this game is just only going to fit and make entertainment for a small, small 
amount of people, and, and I'm one of them. But if you tell me this game blows, I can't blame you. Can't blame you a bit. Well, that's going to do it this time for the world famous yourgamesource.com podcast, episode number 71, where we took a look back at some of our reviews over the first six months of the year. If you have any questions, comments, please visit us at our Facebook page, GameSource, or go to www.yourgamesource.com and leave a comment in our GameSource forums, or as well, you can always email us, as always, at yourgamesource at yahoo.com. We've got a lot of great stuff coming along the line, E3 coverage down the pike, and also as well, major coverage of all three console manufacturers and what they're setting up to do for the rest of the year. Once again, this is Gerald, better known as Yes, Hubbus Lives. Thank you for listening. <laughs>